do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. This is the Talking D&T podcast, episode 17. Welcome to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas and opinions about D&T. In this episode, I'm going to talk about what people have said to me is the point of design and technology. But rather than going into individual items that they've said, I'm going to talk about the big ideas that came out of those conversations. I've talked previously about the interviews that I've done in my research, where I've talked to pupils, design and technology teachers, student teachers and so on, about the value of design and technology, asking them what they think, and identified that there was not a lot of consensus between them. But I'm going to leave that to one side for the moment and focus on what they actually said. And what they thought was around five different big ideas. The first being that design and technology meets our economic and domestic needs. The second is around the generic and transferable skills that can be learnt and taught in design and technology. The third was around technological awareness. The fourth around creating and recognising good design. And the fifth around personal development and enjoyment. Now, I think those different categories, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit more detail, are really interesting. I think they reveal different ideas about the purpose of design and technology that have been influenced by the different types of curriculum that have come out in England and other countries around the subject's purpose. But also there is the enduring idea of where the subject started and you can see its origins about being a multi subject that's come together in one in terms of it was home economics, textiles, food, CDT, craft design and technology and so on. But I think looking at those five different groups can help us to understand whether we stand more in one group than we do in another And by doing that, we can start to think about other people's perspectives as well. So just for the rest of this podcast, I'm going to talk briefly about what was in those five different groups. The first one around design and technology meeting our economic and domestic needs. It focuses on the individual and society. A lot of people talked about how children learn everyday skills to help them look after themselves and others talked about how children were showed possible careers and skills to use in future careers, hence the economic needs. For some, they valued how design and technology contributed to the country's international, industrial and economic competitiveness. 
So these comments reveal the, I would call the utilitarian, the instrumental or the functional purpose of design and technology around employment and looking after yourself. The second group, generic and transferable skills, to me talked about not so much the uniqueness of design and technology, but the behaviours, attitudes, skills, and abilities that were developed through design and technology and were able to be used in other subjects. So these included things such as thinking skills was talked about, learning to think creatively, not necessarily in the context of a design project, but that design and technology gave the opportunity to develop those abilities to think creatively, problem solving, communication skills, and so on. So that was one aspect around these generic skills. Teamwork, independent thinking, and so on. The third group, technological awareness, actually does have a hint of some of the ideas from pre-1992 and the National Curriculum and go back to the 1960s and, for example, Schools Technology Project. Now, if you've been following me on Twitter, you'll see over the past couple of months I've been sharing some images from Geoffrey Harrison's archive. And Geoffrey Harrison was at Nottingham Trent University and was part of and one of the leaders of the school's technology project. And I now have many of the magazines that came out from that period. And you can see that idea about understanding technology, being aware of technology, not so much from an economic perspective in terms of the children are learning so they can use it in a future career, but more from a democratic perspective, is that by children learning about technology how it's used, how it influences us, how we influence technology, that the children can then have an understanding and be able to enter those debates around the ethics and the appropriateness of different designs. So that was around technological awareness, the third group. The fourth group, create and recognise good design, it seems to me to centre on what many would argue is the value of design and technology, that children design and make products. And this view is supported by the fact that many of the things within the group were related to the English national curriculum. And I have seen them appear in other national curriculum and other ideas that come from other countries. So here people talked about children being involved in the activity of making and creating. And it wasn't necessarily so much that they were creating something that worked or was something functional, but the idea of working with the material And whether that thing or that something was about the different materials, the different ways, the different dimensions, whether it's virtual, tangible, that these things that the children were creating. And then also people talked about learning about materials and processes in order to design and create and make. And that became quite a key feature for a number of the teachers that I interviewed but also that people talked about in this aspect around creating and making good design was that they had the freedom to make design decisions, that they had the ability to make choices when they were designing. And to me, that started to suggest the idea about design and technology capability, which I've talked about in a previous podcast. I think some people from other subjects, for example, art and design, might argue that some of those ideas and those values are also implied and implicit within art and design or within music, for example. But for me, when I was able to look back at how these values were within the National Curriculum documents, I felt they sorted to encapsulate the uniqueness of design and technology. Then the final group, personal development enjoyment, 
was around how design and technology supports a child's personal development. That it was about enjoyment, satisfaction and fulfilment. So this wasn't necessarily the uniqueness of design and technology, but something that design and technology did to help children develop in these different ways. For example, people talked about children using their hands and minds together as a way of learning. And they talked about how children feel about the enjoyment and the satisfaction about gaining resilience in persevering with their ideas and making a product, working through learning how to do something that was difficult and complex. And some children talked about, I get that sense that I can do it. And for me, that captured the idea of developing perseverance, which in turn gave them confidence and resilience. So those were the five groups that came out. I think they're quite revealing in terms of helping us think about the different ways we might value design and technology. And sometimes when I go and watch lessons of my student teachers, I can see that some of these themes are taking a greater dominance in their lessons, whether I look at their learning outcomes or their learning objectives or what they're doing or the nature of their activities in their lessons. I can see these themes coming to the fore and maybe sometimes them receding. So my suggestion is, is that why don't you use these themes to explore your values, whether you're a design and technology researcher, somebody involved in curriculum planning around design and technology, a teacher, a student teacher. Think about those five different values and think which theme do you most closely associate with and how does that come out in what you do and how you talk about the subjects. I'm always interested to hear about different people's ideas and values and whether one of these groups might take dominance over another and why that might be. And in a future podcast, I'm going to explore why we might have a a different affinity with different groups or these different themes of values. As ever, you can find me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Alison or via my website, alisonhardy.work. And as I've talked about before, this is part of my research. I'm doing some more work with this and I'll be always interested to hear what you think and whether these five themes resonate with you. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Talking DT podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Alison Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, alisonhardy.work. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.